We should we should just talk about Cade Cowell and his Argentinian mullet. Oh yeah, the whole that was such a nasty mullet. I think he basically he and uh, Almeida went to the same barber. I was and actually Cade was like, give me give me the Almeida. No no no. Look at my notes. Um, look at under overall impressions, the last bullet point. Overall His hair does not look great. It looks bad. He has like the long flowing hair. No, he has like just awkward like chops. Yeah, yeah. It's an Argentinian mullet, man. It's terrible. Yeah, it's the Argentinian default coaches. Terrible. It's um. It kind of looks like uh. It looks like the hair of a um Lego guy. That you put it does. <laughs> Live from a dining room in St. Paul, Minnesota, it is the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Burdine. I'm joined in a room swapping air with Rodrigo Sanchez-Chevarria, Corey Shripple, Mark Fangmeyer. What's really great is I was just doing this, and uh, usually with Zoom, I've got your names right there. <laughs> and I briefly had to be like... Oh, oh, what's shit. this guy's <laughs> actual name? <laughs> Hello, everyone. We're uh, we're back uh, at my place, and we since my family's not around, we just took over the dining room. Squeaky chairs and all. Squeaky, squeaky Danish chairs that need to get repaired. But apparently, both of the uh, furniture repairmen in Minnesota, because there's only two, are like retired. So like, there, there's literally no one who can repair these squeaky yep. chairs. So uh, I'm gonna take a little. Uh, Boom. Selfie. Um, so, uh, hello. It's good to be back in, in person, live with everyone. And uh, it's been great to see some people, fans, friends, at games. I went to my first uh, full game this week, and uh, it was freaking awesome. Uh, Corey, you had been to the previously previously been to the one, right? Yeah, I've been. Yeah, the yeah. first, yeah, the first one. And uh, Mark, you you I still have not, not been in the not full till July eighteenth. You haven't gone full Monty yet. No, uh, Rodrigo, you were there. Um, so yeah, it's been great. It's really great seeing people again. I don't have their Zoom names underneath, so I no longer remember anyone's name. Anyway, we're all in preseason form, so uh, we're going to talk about Minnesota United against FC Dallas, a two-two. Wait, no, they play San Jose. San Jose. I, I wasn't even there. I was the Dallas of California. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> Usually, I can watch you with two screens. I'm really not used to this guy. You're, like, you're like, I've got. I don't have all of these guys' faces in front of me. I have to. Time. I'm like looking you in the eye, and, uh-huh. and it's weird. Usually, yeah. I can ignore you and just you watch feel. Me. You feel like there's a there's a social responsibility to talk to us. Yeah. Instead of just reading your notes and yeah. you, yep, you can't turn off the camera. <laughs> rookie, rookie. All right, um, we're going to talk about Minnesota versus San Jose. We've got other little bits of news. Mainly the big news is that Denmark are in the semifinals. Uh, I'm very happy about this. Uh, They are going to be playing England... Wednesday. Wednesday. Tomorrow. Wednesday. Tuesday. No, to, we're recording. Know. Doesn't matter. Monday. Well, you think like I'm doing what's called continuity for <laughs> regular production, oh. where uh, you know. Well, people. Yeah. You're, when you're when people your... listen to this, it's yeah. gonna be tomorrow. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, there is Spain versus Italy. That will be a banger. Italy will destroy Spain. I hope. I yeah. hope so. And, yeah. uh, and can then... they both lose? 
No, because oh. Italy are awesome and they're going to win the I've Anthem never liked thing. Italy. They, they're just, I know. They're just like they're a awesome. Have you not team? watched I've the never... Roberto Baggio Netflix documentary? I have not. You should watch that. And you appreciate his like hairstyles of the name and his braids. <laughs> his braids. His rat tail braids. Without, without Pirlo in the team, there is a lot less to cheer for. Man, that guy was so beautiful. That. Yeah. All right. Um, we want to go through some good, the bad, and the weirds. Lots of little stuff. Hassani Dotson got engaged at Allianz after the San Jose match. Congratulations, Hassani Dotson. Does that, does that enter him into like some Minnesota lore? Is, is that like the first player engagement? Like that, 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 this is a great trivia question. And, Mark if, that and down. if not, does that, does that make them some sort of like royalty or like high priest, priestess of, of the team? Like what's, how does it work? I, I don't know. You took it somewhere I wasn't expecting. Yeah, you to go. Well, yeah. I feel like they become like like the like the elders of the. I don't know. They, they've become. The, I, uh, I just thought they got engaged. I didn't realize it was like a demonic sex cult. <laughs> I mean, I think what Corey is saying is that it's she, she, it's time for her to move to Minnesota now, and they have to put down roots. Yeah. They have to buy a house. They have to do. They're now Minnesotans. They, he can, for life, he can, and they have to stay here for the rest he can of their lives. They're committed. Traps place. This is so weird. Like they got engaged, and you guys went full midsummer on them. Oh, it's very, it's very much like they should just move into Jackson Ewell's place. There you go. Maybe they'll cut the lawn. Hey, Jackson Ewell, I will say our friend who now lives next to uh, Jackson Ewell's rental, uh, he said Jackson Ewell did play some soccer with a bunch of the neighborhood kids in the backyard on the Fourth of July. So he's a bad landlord, but a decent human being. Uh, (laughs) Olivia Moultrie finally made her NWSL debut. Um, the Thorns beat Racing Louisville, Racing Louisville uh, FC. Um, so the like she won the lawsuit and uh, um, she now can play for NWSL. For those who maybe weren't tracking this, she is 15. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. Um, the NWSL was blocking her from signing a professional contract because she's a youngin. And uh, and then she sued and. I love that you can have a lawsuit that says I should be allowed to be hired. Yep. Um, and she won it. So yep. fuck yeah, Olivia Moultrie. Uh, can't wait to win the next 17 World Cups with you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other good news, who wants to take this one? Oh, God, it's, it's, it's my favorite news. And I'm, I feel bad for not. It's my, I feel like it's become part of my brand on, on Minnesota United Twitter, which is just... Although I think it's like a I, lot I, of people's I think it's pretty brand. much the It's pretty entire, much everyone's yeah. brand. Yeah. I don't even think... There used to be some Calvo apologists, but they're like... I think they've all like flipped yeah. since. They're like, I, nope, no, I think at the very least, it's... Yeah. Pure... Yeah, uh, so... But so it's your part, part of the part of, it, part of it is that is that I do have some friends who are Chicago Fire season ticket holders, and every time that I bring up something about Calvo, they're just like, oh, it only took you 30 minutes to make that joke. And then this week, I was like... Wait, the match has been over for 12 hours? So here's the deal. Uh, Francisco Calvo was not in Chicago starting 18. So not uh, starting 18. Wasn't even in the lineup. Uh, the starting 11 wasn't in the full bench. Um, and Chicago fi- uh, Fire totally wiped the floor with Atlanta. 3-0. Clean sheet. The attack looked great. Uh, yeah. And now there's... Um, Hot time in Old Town is just basically just saying, uh, don't let Cavill back into the fire. Yeah, the Chicago Chicago Fire blog, uh, the the main recap of the of their uh, 
for the game says, don't let Calvo back. Uh, yeah, it's very funny uh, how much solidarity I, there is. Because you, you had a post, I think, Wes, your, your Twitter was like, I'm sorry, DC United did what on Toronto, which we'll get to in a second here. And I was like, oh, let me go back to the highlights. And then that's when I saw Chicago 3-0. And I was like, wait, I got to see what Calvo did or didn't do. Yeah. And then that's when I was like, Calvo wasn't even in the country. The bad or the good, depending on, again, uh, next one is Toronto FC fired Chris Armas after, is it 11 games? Uh, uh, I yes. believe so. It's, it's a third of the season. Uh, Chicago started their season at 1-8-2 and two and is last in all of MLS with five points. It's Toronto? The, yep. You said Chicago. That's oh, all right. Um, I'm, I'm, still on the, I'm still on the Calvo yeah, yeah, train. It's, it's hard to get um, off. Don't worry. I mean, it, also, the worst teams in the league are... Uh, Toronto, Chicago, and Miami. Yeah. And two of those have the highest payrolls in the league, which that is, is correct. Yeah. That's the funniest thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Chris Armas will go down. I believe, Corey, you made this observation. Uh, will go down as the only Toronto FC coach to never coach in Toronto. Was that Corey? I thought it was Mark to make that. I thought it was Mark. It was oh, me. sorry, I thought it was Mark. Mark. I'm sorry. It's funny. Yeah. All, all white guys with glasses look That's the right. same. Yeah. I don't even have glasses. But that's the joke. All right. All right. Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, the the other bad is that um, we talked about how the Mexican national team, the Mexican Wait, men men's national team. You you forgot about the biggest thing about DC United in that in that uh, Toronto game, the fact that they celebrated. Um, yes. Big Rob uh, Rob uh, Gillespie who passed away, and their and their and their um, tifo said Big Rob forever black and red. And then on there it said, Colby still sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rob was one of the founders of La Barra Brava, um, you know, who are one of the OG, really great. Yep, La Barra groups. Brava is, 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 is the OG of OGs. Yeah. Um, so uh, Mexican national team we talked about are being sanctioned uh, by FIFA, and um, they're going to have to play the next two games uh, behind closed doors as a punishment. And uh, so, what is Mexico gonna is ta- what they're talking about doing is making the Mexican women's national team serve those. And the thing is, they're not just like, oh yeah, we have some matches scheduled. They're like, they looked and they're like, well, you know, there's a FIFA window of September. So if we quickly put together a friendly for the women to play in, we can have it be behind closed doors, and that can be one of our two uh, sanctioned matches, which is just pathetic. Well, yeah. I mean, it all, it all boils down to the fact that FIFA hasn't given detailed explanation as to what, where, how, how they want them to, um, uh, you know, how do want, how do they want them to address the band? Like, do they, is it specifically men's U twenty three national team, or is it just, or is it apply, applicable to all? I think that's one of the conversations that FIFA needs to be extremely clear on. But yeah, I mean, being trash is the Mexican Federation favorite thing to do. So, yeah, it sucks that they've found a new level. Just when you thought uh-huh. they were being held accountable, they found a way to, <laughs> to right. shirk it in a way that that actually makes it worse. So. Right. I think one of the things that was really like like um, just disturbing was the fact that one of the representatives from the federation was like, "Well, we feel that it's unfair for our fans." And my mom thinking here is like, "Wait." The reason you're in this trouble is because your fans keep chanting the same <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like that makes no sense to make and a statement like yeah. that. 
So uh, the weird is, uh, can you describe this photo of Bakayo Saka? Is that do you say Bakayo? I've, okay. I, I I would imagine so. Right. That's Saka. That's yeah. Arsenal so, player. Saka, Arsenal player, uh, playing on the uh, English men's national team. Um, they're obviously still in the Euros. They're all together in training, and they had a rest day. And this photo brings me so much joy. Describe it. Uh, so it's Bukayo Saka in his short shorts. Looks like looks like team issued Nike uh, training shorts, riding a inflatable unicorn that is legs are out. Like it looks like a spatchcocked unicorn. Yep. Um, with a bright rainbow mane and horn. Uh, I would imagine it's a he's pool tour, probably right? about to jump into a pool. Yeah, he's mid, there, he's mid, he's in flight. He's in flight. He has launched from whatever deck there is. We don't know where the water is. We haven't seen it in this photo. Uh, we don't know what kind of drop into the water it's going to be. But the smile on his face, like he's holding it like it's, he's holding the, like the, like there's actual reins on it. It's uh yeah. It's he looks beautiful. like he's having a great time. It's beautiful. It's going to make it very sad when Denmark destroy yep. England. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Oh. I'm so excited for it not to come home. Um, actually, uh, the, the the way the narrative is built, I really want that to happen. Uh, the way the narrative is built, though, is that England will destroy the darlings of the tournament, and then Italy will come in and absolutely white uh, or wipe the floor with them wash the floor with them I'd love to see whitewashing of, of, yeah. of this whole the, the English national team doesn't need to be whitewashed it's already, <laughs> it's already happened alright comrades let's joke. take a break and uh, and then we'll come up with uh, some really good uh, Phil Foden jokes for you and, uh, and talk about Minnesota United On the fifty-five-one podcast, let's start with the uh, the kind of shitty part of this, which is um, MLS concluded the investigation into racial abuse by uh, Fragapane toward Diego Chara. Um, they said that basically uh, the only two people who uh, heard it were Diego Chara and Fragapane, and so that they can't do anything about it because it was a he said he said and. Um, Minnesota United put out a statement saying essentially that um, MLS's investigation uh, mirrored what they found in their investigation, which they had never really told us what they found in their investigation because all they ever said was Fragapane said he didn't do it. And, that's and, we, and, we, and we believe, and we yeah, believe our and player. We believe um, yeah. It's, uh, we did a long segment on this last time trying to dig through the complexity of it. I, I think... That sums up most of what we're feeling, but let's let's hit a little bit more of this. Where how does this this strike you? Well, the the thing the thing that I that I want to hit on from the MLS statement are these two lines. It says MLS conducted a thorough review of the incident, which included interviews with the match officials and players. Obviously, we know that as well as an exam examination of all available audio and video footage from the match. That seems to me like it's mostly official broadcast footage and any footage from the social media teams from the teams that were on site. Um, so if they couldn't find anything there, 
you know. I bet if they gave you that audio feed, you could find it. You give me a couple parabolic mics, I'll be able to hear anything that Heath is muttering under his breath the whole time, like uh, probable Americans. The the line the line though is while MLS found the allegation to be made in good faith, and this is not a line that I've seen before. I don't know if it was necessarily the same line that was um, in the statement about the Diamande thing with Portland a couple years ago. Um, it said, well, MLS found the allegation to be made in good faith. The league could not corroborate or refute the allegation. Basically, to me, that's saying, like, we're not saying that Diego Chara made it up, right? But You're saying we have no way to well, tell. Well, we have no way to know that it's true. So, like, we're not, I think that, that kind of jumps off to the next thing, which is how do you support the player making the allegation saying we aren't saying that you lied or that you're making it up or whatever, but this is, this is given the current restraints that we have, this is where we have to go with it. Um, I, I do think that it's, it's kind of wild how since that game, it's just been, there's n- nothing from Diego Chara. Like he's been just completely erased from this. Um, maybe that's by, by, Design maybe he he does not want to he made the allegations and he doesn't want to be part of it more. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's very frustrating that you have things like you've got um, you're breaking the rule of talking about Heath, but you got Heath saying like, oh well, you know it, it's all about in America you have uh, everyone's innocent until proven guilty and this kind of BS that that just doesn't take this seriously and the team is like usual, solely interested only in protecting itself and not understanding that, like, um, you also have this player who we, I was extremely jazzed about. And, like, now I just don't give a shit about him. Like, uh, there's just a stain there that they've done nothing to try to um, erase. There's been no, like, um, even attempt at an apology, which is that, you know, we talked about the maybe, uh, you know, maybe it was misheard or something like that. I don't know. It, it just, you, you move on and you're just like, oh, well, this is proving what we thought about the team, which is that they um, they don't want to be perceived as racist rather than they don't want, to they want to get rid of racism, right? Yeah. Or they want to fight yeah. racism. Yeah. Uh, so, right. I mean, I think for me, it, it, it goes back to like not only these two statements, but the fact that. Like we'll never know what the investigation was uh, was about, what they found. There's no transparency aspect of it. But also, like again, bringing back to the protocol or, or or the way things are being processed on the field, that's just not it's not helpful because a no decision kind of uh, end of end of the investigation really gives more of a dismissal to the effect of the events had on a player, right? Like the question now that down the line is, is because we've had two cases in which, in which allegations have been made, does that mean now, now that that discourages more players to being honest and, and, and standing up for that? And then the question is, what is, what is the MLSPA uh, statement on this, as well as other organizations that work within the, the league. What what are what are the next steps in order to not have this happen again and have another no no decision that makes it makes it seem like we 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 don't want to progress from where we're at. Yeah, I'm also surprised that black black players for change um, has uh, has not 
weighed in. Even even like our the players on the team all were like, well, we'll just listen to the investigation. It, it's frustrating to see lots of things, but I also don't think as of like tonight, Monday night, that Portland have even put out a statement about it yet. Mm. No, and and I fully expect to see something come now that the investigation has concluded. Like Fragapane did not post on any social media since that Portland match. He had like an Instagram story this morning or during during training today. It's just hey, it's really hot here. Um, I expect there to be more discussion, and I would hope, at least from Fragapane, some sort of reaching out or or like just just trying to make good from the situation. Like, I really didn't say it, but here's yeah, you know, something like, so, like, like something, something that, something, that like yeah. does try to. Um, yeah, if, if he feels like he was completely misheard, right, you can still, again, yeah. acknowledge the effect. Yeah. And that, that hasn't happened yet yeah. from the team or from him. So, I, But I think, I think too, you have to look at the fact that even if the player wants to, wants to say it and do it, it's up to the team to determine if that's a good PR or HR decision to be able to, to do that like that. I think that's the other thing. And the interesting thing is about this is we'll see what happens on, on July 24th, right? Because that's when Portland comes into town. Yeah. And so we'll see, you know, if if it what what will happen on the field. Fragapane and Chara on the field again. Uh, if it will be just a regular regular game, or will there be more pressure to um, be higher in the scrutiny aspect if anything's being said, or will the refs be under uh, under some sort of communication until it's like this happened at this last game? These two teams play together. Let's make sure that you know we are more aware of what's going on. Around there, so. or will there, there will be a, a few bruisers. Uh, yeah, oh, oh I, I fully expect that. Oh, I hope uh, a choke slam happens. Well, I, I mean, I, and I think that there, I hope, hopefully, that there's there's some something that the Wonder Wall can do, whether it's a a tifo or a couple of banners or something like. Don't just, be racist, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's move on. We've got a little bit of news. The the cat um, in the background is going crazy, um, folks. My other cat has run away, and this and Bowie, who's left, is freaking the fuck out. So um, there's also like people here. She, yeah, she, she hasn't yeah. Seen. So she's she's kind of going crazy. So you might uh, you might hear some of that she's running going around crazy. and meowing. Uh, Ramon Metnier. We're, we're not sure. We're not sure if Ramon Metnier is going to be back. In Minnesota yet this week, uh, he might be back for this Colorado game. Yeah, the, everyone's know. unsure because he's been in France securing France. his visa. Um, yeah. And uh, Johnny <laughs> Gregus and uh, Bobby Lude are are back. Um, Johnny was on the bench and came in, but um, Bobby Lude is is uh, back with the team. Both of them are going to travel. Um, How have we and, not called him Johnny Goose before? Johnny Gregus? Yeah. Johnny Goose, you want to? I, I wanted it? like I wanted like Johnny Goose and Bobby Lud, oh. like that's the buddy, like that's a Miami Vice, like let's get him some pastel blazers. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, yeah. Anyway, that's, a, that's a Lake Minnetonka summer thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna be the one. They're gonna have like what's the Minnesota United version of the Viking sex boat? Like that's probably Ooh, it's, a Viking it's probably sex a pub. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's like a pub crawl or something it's like that. It's a bunch that, of right? lime scooters. Uh, the only entry into the watches uh, category is um, Bore Watch. It has officially ended. 
Yeah, man. I mean, no, no watches. All watches are suspended. They're never I mean, ended. Uh, until it's official, I was still, you know, holding on hope that he'd be a late Minnesota second. He'd be a third striker <laughs> yeah. underneath. Uh, I mean, underneath if Miami gets 60 P's, we can have four, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. He's going to Germany on a free transfer. To Frankfurt or? Uh, well, Who, do you I, remember? It, we, we. Yeah, Frankfurt. Yeah. Jeez. And yeah, and he's going on a free on a transfer. free transfer, Borre. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's hit this match recap then. Uh, Minnesota United drew two two with the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, usually, we've got their number. This time, it started poorly. Uh, yeah. Bakai Debasi just gets completely pickpocketed. Uh, he, he pulled a Gasper. Um, I don't know if Gasper's ever lost the ball in this way. This no. Debasi before this. So this is about the. When, like when, about when 50, did this about 15 minutes, 15 minutes in? in. Yeah. Um, before that, there was another time where the ball's going back, and I was noticing that Debasi was kind of like lackadaisically chasing it. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, man. And then in this thing, Chase Gasper does the pass back to him, and I see him turn, and he, like, is jogging. And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Christian, Christian Espinosa. Espinosa uh, just... Just runs at him, yeah. takes the ball right off him, and you know, then it goes in and uh, Argentinian mullet, uh, oh, Cade God. Cowell. Oh, God. His hair is. He's also great. I didn't realize the big dude with the Argentinian mullet is the 18 year old Cade Cowell. 17. 17. Yeah. Because I've heard him talked about on Extra Time Radio, but I don't watch San Jose much. Yeah, I imagine he's like a like a Kill Clark wiry style. kid. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, a Cade. Yes. Any, any any double C names like that, it's just. I can't wait for the Caden Caden Clark Cade Cowell World Cup. Oh my god. Twenty twenty six. It's gonna it's gonna basically be like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger twins. Oh, just. <laughs> but I'm, I'm imagining eventually, like by 2030, our World Cup I, I is going to be. I would love a Caden cop reference. It's Caden, uh, backed up by a number I, ten, Braden. Oh my god. And Jaden on the left wing. <laughs> uh, Tristan. Jayden. Tristan is our. Then six. you got Hunter and Tanner in central <laughs> midfield. I mean. And then you have a Liam up top. Fucking <laughs> Gen X kids are uh, the kids oh. of Gen Xers are, are coming coming for us, guys. Uh, uh, the. the <laughs> Well, this is delicious. Um, but the um, the thing, getting back to the goal, uh, is this Debasi's first? I mean, I, I guess it wouldn't be. Is this is this like his first like real um, experience with San Jose's man marking system? Because I, I, I can't so. remember. I can't remember how. I mean, it can't be right. No, I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he he. Them. Well, I mean, you have, you have to give San Jose credit in the fact that they came out man marking and pressing high. That, it, that's the thing. It's it's normally they man mark, but they don't have the speed or the right or or they're pressing. You get a seventeen high. year old out there. You can you, you get exactly well, with Spinoza and 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 the seventeen year old. It was it, it was just one of those things where like they were pressing the center backs at all times. And I think when you have a team that comes out like that, then what? What is what what is the what is the counter that we want to do be able to to do that? Is it just playing it back to the keeper and have Tyler Mayer release pressure by sending the long ball and hopefully uh, we can get it into uh, to the attacking third? Or do you do you want to do what Austin FC kind of has been known for now is his building out the back? And I think that's 
That's that's one of the questions that we do. What do we do when there's a team that really presses us? Because it's so hard to. It's so he hard has to... never played San Jose before. Called that. Whoa, Corey mm-hmm. passes the smell test. <laughs> um, I don't always fact check, but when I do, <laughs> I never do. Um, but that, the Rodrigo, that, that's your point, which is we we have been playing out of the back, and what do we? It's very it's hard to to play out of the back and play through the lines with a man-marking right. system like this when it's working. Because historically, when we've played San Jose, they haven't pressed as fast, and that's why Boxel can run up into the well, attacking third. Right. And that's why you saw it in this game. Once Boxel tried a couple times because, you know, of the center backs not being accounted for, and then, he, you know, he in the second half, it was Debassi who was doing a lot of that, moving that ball into the, into the attacking third. So that's the thing that that usually has worked for us, right? Because yeah. uh, San Jose is, is kind to our center backs and assisting them in goals or at least assists. And it's, 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 it, to, this game wasn't one of those things. I think the, the formation and, and the press was, was good enough to be able to create that chaos. So let me, let me go to that, that formation. It's pretty familiar now with, um, with the 4-2-3-1. Uh, we had Yuka Raitala playing right back because uh, Roman's gone, but otherwise it looked the way that, that we would imagine. That got upended when Michael Boxall went out in the first half and uh, Brent came in. And then at halftime, the changes that were made were, uh, why don't, oh, crap. Uh, well, uh, don't Avila f- came in for Hansen and DJ Taylor DJ came, came in for Raitala. Raitala. Yeah. Heath had a quote about that. Okay, tell me. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. which basically, uh, and, I'll, and I'll paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me. But he's Americans like, <clears throat> don't understand that Nico Hansen needs to come out at half. Basically, he said, like, the way that the two players were playing, like, the two players that we yanked at halftime. They weren't putting in the effort, and they're they're if they don't watch themselves, they'll be really unlucky moving forward or something like that. Whoa! So he like really? He, I didn't he, think that. I didn't think that. I I thought that Raitala did not look very good on the right side. Um, but it's also his first time ever playing right back. Yeah, for us. At, at least for us in that role. Also, Debassi looked like shit. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, but it's but but he didn't look. The the team was actively avoiding playing the ball to Raitala on the right side in in the same way um, that Metinair does, um, and so that's a tactic shift. I thought DJ Taylor was much closer to Roman Metinair, but anyway, well, because he's but, a full yeah right, right exactly. Back, yeah. It's 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 a proper thing. But yeah, Heath's quote in the in the pie press was was basically along those lines, saying those two players were not. You know, running after the ball, blah 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 blah, doing the stuff that they normally do. Basically, saying they they lot they let off fifteen percent, and we can't have that against this team. So if that's the case, why? I mean, I felt Fragapane was was uh-huh. had an off game. Well, so I, I, was th- like, I think Fragapane had a decent first half, um, but by the second half, he was completely invisible. Yeah. First half, he. I mean, well, I guess the first seven minutes of the second half, he also had a couple shots, but eventually he got lost in the game. Yeah. But but yeah so, but before we before we get to those to those halftime um, subs, which you know it's amazing that he, he, so Heath was obviously forced to bring in Coleman um, in the 29th minute, right before halftime we're down one nil, right. Um, our first goal comes off of a Reynoso corner, 45 minute you know stoppage time. Uh, 
ball gets you know headed out, deflected, whatever. Fragapane tries to do a bicycle kick. Yeah, I mean he's like he's like four foot eleven, so it was basically just chested at any of the defenders, and deflects off of any number of people. I can't remember if it deflected off of Coleman or I who it just went to. Coleman. It just went to Coleman. It's actually technically an assist. Coleman takes a touch that is like is not great. Goes towards the like, and then and he almost loses it and gets it and then he Tucker Carlson's it right into <laughs> the right into the it was like a no look side. spin awkward angles I don't know how that he even... ra- he wrapped his foot around it and got it through like a three foot window between the the post and the keeper he yeah. there was like three people three San Jose players in the way and he wrapped his foot around it and he got and it's one of it's so weird. Yeah, it had a like um, you know that diagram of the single bullet theory of uh, JFK. Yeah, yeah, right? that, yeah. That, it had yeah. that feeling to mm-hmm. it, where it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, uh, but you know, Arlen Specter, our, our former senator mm-hmm. uh, from Pennsylvania, uh, is the one who we we should we should do a dramatic reading of this Coleman goal as like an old timey radio piece about and then yeah yeah <laughs> no we're not even gonna try yeah. it. Uh, here we are. We're uh, we've worked at Allianz Field in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, yeah. So then we we go into the half one one. Um, it was a spectacular goal from from Brent. Um, a goal that no center back should ever score, and uh, somehow he did uh, a miracle. I did say the second he was warming on to come up uh, to come on, I I said to David Martin, offensive loons fan, I said. That motherfucker is wearing a flag T-shirt underneath, and he's going to score a goal tonight. And he's going to rip his jersey off and uh, and run around with the flag. It's, he it's, it's, he it, did score. It's funny. I, I think he's uh, he he's got um, he actually wear, he has like a, has like a bald eagle tattoo across his yeah. scapula. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. No, I'm just I, I imagine. It was, I was going to see. Is that just another um, bad? Um, <laughs> Bad, bad, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone movie reference. <laughs> so, so let's go through a few things for, for the other players. We'll talk yeah. about the other two goals in the second half, too. But DJ Taylor comes in at right back. He's one I want to talk about. Um, I love DJ Taylor because he looks like a DJ. Like, he looks like he's going to DJ prom. Yeah. Um, DJ. Uh, maybe he can DJ, uh, Issa's prom. Um, okay. Just saying. If Como, if Como High School needs a, DJ, DJ Taylor's there. I I'd rather hire um, a Peabody Award winner, but sure. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you just want to hear Lilith there <laughs> like the whole time? I, dude, it's not my problem. I don't I, care. It's, it's not my problem. Dude, dude, dude. Oh, oh hey yeah. everybody, we're gonna it's, spin it's, another Dave Matthews. It's, it's just here. gonna be introspective yeah. female singer songwriters with a couple of Dave Matthews band tracks yeah. sprinkled <laughs> in there. Oh, Sounds God, perfectly yeah. boring for prom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, uh, DJ, no one's getting no, anything. Is it needs to be DJ Taylor. And MC Master. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. DJ Jazzy uh, Jazzy Taylor comes in, and I thought he was uh, fantastic on the right. I thought he he had a, that great defensive moment where he tracked back and ripped right. the ball off, off of uh, the defender. He also, I thought, was very good going forward. He was pressing. Um, good for him. Who else do you want to pick out as... Um, as good players in this, not just the um, the subs um, here, but uh, there was a definite Pedro sighting during yeah. the San Jose match. Pedro was on. There fire. were some. There were multiple Pedro sightings. There was one where he like on the attacking end, and there's another one like where he like took someone off the ball, and then like 
did a couple spin moves and dribbled around like three guys as he went down the sideline. It was oh yeah, that Pedro was, that was, was Pedro was breaking um, ankles and taking names. Or just is Pedro just a single name player when he plays, or is he yeah, Pedro? It's just yeah, Pedro. Yeah, it's just yeah, Pedro. He's not even yeah. yeah Gasper is he. He leaves behind his I mean, family name. It's Pedro G. I, like. Pedro G. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed just for the pure enjoyments of like innocence or like just enjoying being out there. I love watching Juan Chope nutmeg people. Like that is this big old man that can't really run too fast. The fact that he can still like dribble around folks and get to the end of the box. I, I, it's just something that's, that's, that's so enjoyable of it. Uh, and I think that's that. That's one of the things. Like, I think I counted four or five nutmegs before he like, like people were like actually thinking about it. So like overall, like the skill, like if 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 the MLS dot coms search engine does not do a skills video this week, and and Pedro and Juan Chopra on it, I'm I'm totally like harassing them. I want to call um, Abila uh, Choo Choo Bob. Because he has this like choo choo bob closed, he, yeah. But he yeah. the spirit lives on in no, Montchope. Yeah. He has this um, uh, inertia to him. He's a big dude. Yeah. He's obviously not a like big fat dude. No. He just is a big, broad dude, and he like. But he just doesn't have the same nimbleness that you would see. See, he's in, like uh, he's like Tony Stark in the Hulk Smasher suit. Like, okay. Everybody get that Iron Man reference? I do. But I, I do. do want to, he's a Hulkbuster, like, but he's not the Hulkbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not. Like, but, I mean, compared to, like, you know, everybody else in the team. I think he's a much more likable... Uh, Fucking What was nerds. the other guy? <laughs> oh, my what was the other guy um, that we had? Uh, uh, oh, uh, Angelo. Angelo. Frodo Baggins. That's correct. He's much more of a wrecker. Yeah. A wrecker? A wrecker. But, um... Did you watch the last episode? Do I watch every episode. Multiple times every um, week. Multiple times. Do you, I, do, you I ta- not, do you make show notes or match recap notes? Uh, no, I usually watch it and then I listen to a podcast about it and then I rewatch it after listening to the podcast. <laughs> this is so much. It. This is so much funnier in person. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Abila. No, you're you're right. He has to get the momentum. If he can start his run from our defensive half, he'll maybe be able to outrun a defender. But I mean, all the long balls that went to him, like his first touch was yeah. amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah. He, so he, like, he's a, he's a perfect target for you to just like lob the ball up there and then he'll try to... I mean, his passes are pretty decent. Like, they're pretty on point. He and, cannot and, score for fuck. Oh, God. He scored on a PK. No, he missed a PK. He missed a PK. He missed a PK. He scored on a PK. He scored on a rebound. Which you can. He Paninka's the rebound. There was some real... I mean, I was in second row right behind that goal. So there was some real chutzpah behind that little dink he did after missing. Oh, he! I don't think he's ran that fast to a ball. Well, he didn't... The thing is, he didn't follow it up. And so then... He sees it get saved, and then he runs and yeah. gets to it. Um, but I want I want to go to that that PK thing of because we want to talk about Pedro Gasper or Pedro. Yeah, Pedro G. Uh, I think Pedro is just what we'll go. Yeah, Pedro gets the PK. Um, does a little bit of the, this wasn't the super fancy work, but he gets bundled over. It's a PK after VAR, um, and and then Abila takes the the PK. It gets saved. It was a decent PK take, not a great PK take, but it was a good save by uh, Marcinkowski. Um, and then 
he gets it. He runs to the ball. He chips it over the keeper, which, again, is just it's very baller. So good for him. Good for Adam Sandler in, uh, in disguise. <laughs> John, T- fat John Turturro. The, the, the thing he's that like, I, you know what? He's like a, you, you ever watched that uh, movie Nikki? Little Nikki? Oh, yeah, Little Nikki. He's got the face of Nikki except without the haircut. <laughs> oh my God, I want somebody. All right, if there's a listener, somebody has to get the Photoshop the Little Nikki haircut onto Wanchope. The thing that I, will, that I want to say about, about him is that I like the energy that he brings when he does come on. I think he hypes up the rest of that front line in a way that Unu doesn't really do. And, and they're they're totally different players. I think he's he's one of the better target strikers that we've had. Um, I do like the energy that he brings when we we tend to get into these really slick combination almost goals a lot after he comes on. I I will say though, if we're gonna if we're still talking about good things, uh, Adrian Anu is. My one of my favorite strikers I've ever watched for a, for a team I like. Um, yeah. he just is he's moving everywhere, he's coming to the ball, he's dropping deep, he, but he's getting up there, he's not a poacher, he still is not quite uh calibrating the mouse in scoring the goals. Um, because he had a like several points where it was just off, he's got a du- he's got a dust off the ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you uh, take it off, yeah, you, you take it out of the mouse yep. thing. And you kind of blow it off. Yep. There's usually some lint in there. Yeah, yeah. can't can air. You know, yep. spray yep. Just get in. It. Yeah. We should. That's again. actually how he gets his hair the way it oh, is yeah. when he wa- when he's walking into the stadium. <laughs> he uses compressor. Yeah. So uh, I love Adrian Anu. Yeah. So I I yeah. I'm just I think he was again really fantastic in yeah. this, and I thought that Abila coming in was helpful with that, but it suddenly turned him into he was not good as a right winger. No, no, um, and and I almost I almost expected a. I don't even know what it was when we came in. It, was, it wasn't really a four-three-three. It wasn't a. It was kind of the still same same formation, but like I felt more like a three-five-two. Yeah, it it would have been interesting to see him as a, you know, a strike partner with him yeah. as you know slightly more withdrawn. But you're you're absolutely right. His his movement and the. The space that he creates for those around him is. And I'm not is sure great. if maybe there isn't that room to do that if Bebelo right. is is tucked in there and Correct. and Frank Payne is, yeah. is yeah. dropping. I mean, in I, there. I think if there's any formation that might work in some sort of sense, and it's kind of weird to say this, but if if we decide to switch into something that we need to be more more control in the midfield and more creative, then then maybe switch into a four five one and still yeah. keep Anu up top and then put everybody else in the midfield that can create, yeah. because because the other thing too is that I thought was great is I. Dotson had a had a decent game. Like he was connecting a lot of balls, and dear lord, did he like miss one, miss a couple? But I also think like maybe Wes can pull this up. Is that I think there was at least four or five, six blocked shots that San Jose. Uh, the, the official stats is seven blocked shots. Yeah, and so a lot of that has to do with because we had nine or eighteen shots. It seemed like, and I had this in my notes, is that it just felt like. Uh, when we did have scoring opportunities, specifically, I'm thinking like a couple times when Dotson was on the six yard bo- six yard box, uh, they just took one too many touches. Like they should have one timed it. Instead, they took two touches, yeah. and that gave the defense just enough time to get into position and block the shot. Which again, if they had just kind of just take it when you can, I don't think that was can. the case for Fra- uh, Fragapane's uh, attempts. I think it was just like he was in and shot, and they got they, you know, uh, San Jose. 
keep on calling them whatever team I want. Toronto, whoever we played, um, they were um, not particularly good in this game, but they had a lot of luck to them. Marcinkowski was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcinkowski, by the way, uh, someone right behind the goal, a kid I had never seen before, threw an empty Sprite bottle at him and hit him in the head. I did not see it immediately. I saw something move in the corner of my eye. I knew that David Martin next to me started freaking out and yelling. And a bunch of other people were yelling to be like, who the fuck threw that, blah, blah, blah. And then Jay Adams, who is, uh, I think he is still one of the E, the, the gamers for Minnesota United, comes out of nowhere, sees the kid and goes, you, out. Because the, the security guy had no idea. And we were like, buddy. Do your job. And he's like, ooh, gets up. And he's like, over here? Yeah. Um, Jay Adams just comes out of nowhere, gets a guy. He and his girlfriend leave. And it was amazing. Just like, just dealt with there. And then at the end of the game, some people, David Martin, some people went down to yell at Marcinkowski to apologize. And he was like pointing to his head. And like, and, and it was like, <laughs> buddy, it was also an empty, empty yeah. bottle. Yeah. He was a yeah. empty, right. it's an empty can. I mean, it sucked. We were embarrassed that it happened yeah. and it should never happen. But also, but, like, your acting it's skills, an empty, it's an empty. You're not, you're not Neymar level of acting. You're, you're not gold yeah. medal material. And, and he did, at the time, he did not like freak out or do anything. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it was, but just just to tell that that story from from the game uh, I want to go to a couple other bad things for the game um, but we talked about debasi um, not being great uh, the second goal that we gave up in the 80th minute we're winning at home we bring in Ozzy to shore up the game it's not Ozzy's fault here it's actually the other midfielder's fault um, but t- talk me through this the the second goal uh, Rodrigo do you want to I, I was going to say one thing, but um, yeah, so the ball um, comes out, I think, wide, and then um, it gets played back inside. And so what happens is it's played into a space in which Will Trap is not tracking. Uh, and so then there's ample space for the for the player to go forward. As they go forward, they draw, they draw in some of our center backs, but Coleman is not quick enough to be able to step up to the ball, and then he shoots right before Coleman gets into the ball, and then it's just a. So it was it was lazy defending in some sort of sense, and then, and well, it was lazy defending, but but at the same time, I I like to bring another point, and maybe someone else can can figure out the stats of this, but like, I'm I'm not a big fan of of Ozzy coming in late in games to secure something that we always seem to be not securing at yeah. when he comes in. No, so I'm, that's 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 my thing. Like I, I'm a big Aussie supporter and but it seems to be in a, in that situation maybe you bring a, a Jacory Hayes um to be able to sit and and, and with instruction the fact that his family was in town as well too. You I mean that yeah. And with his brother and his parents who drove up and everything else because he used to actually work in Minnesota. But I mean if you're, if you're not gonna play Colin Martin the weekend he comes out yeah. during Pride <laughs> yeah. Night game, yeah, I mean, you're not right. going to play as someone well, because their family's. Yeah, in town. yeah. I mean, in general, <laughs> I I would not want Heath to make that decision just for that. I think the the general the general thing that you're right is we talked about last week. I, Ozzy keeps getting brought in to s- secure the game, and it's not happening. Yeah, and Jacory does bring something where he is not a marshal like uh, like. Ozzy is, but he holds the ball really well. Yeah. And he presses well. He does good decent tackler. He's not I, I don't think Jacory Hayes is a um A level 
um, six, six or or eight. Yeah, uh, he's not an A level uh, MLS player. He's maybe not a start starter for many teams, but. I think he's a really good asset, and I think that he should be used in those situations. I think you're totally right. I, I, no, Mark, you had, a, you had a point in your notes where it's like... Yeah, have, it, has subbing Ozzy on to protect a lead actually ever resulted Portland. in a lead being protected? Portland. This, this season, Portland. Yeah. That's and, it. And like it's, yeah. it, it just feels like that whenever Heath, we have a lead and Heath goes and makes a defensive sub, that is a cue to the other team to just start pushing the crap yeah. out for that equalizer goal yeah. and they do and they've gotten him for most of the time and, and i will say that we talked about i think will trap was was definitely one of the he was the main thing i would blame for that second goal i thought will trap was spectacular most of this game i i, I spent most of this game really staring at um at will trap and hasani because i Midfield is always a really difficult thing to watch on TV, and you don't get a lot of what they do most play most you know positions. And I thought Will Trap had one spectacular pass in the first half, yeah, because it was going the opposite way. Uh, I just thought that he's really good. I think that he is by far one of my like. I think he's a great starter for us. Um, I think Asani was also pretty good in this, but. What do we do to hold those those leads that aren't signaling, like you said? Oh shit, we're gonna pull back. Yeah. And, and, and go ahead, Mark. No, and like that, the second goal, it also, I mean, it, to me, it looks like just a complete defensive collapse all around. Like I think there's blame all around. Like uh, DJ Taylor got beat. Dotson had to cover for him. Dotson went in a bit too deep on that cover. Got played back out. Expecting, uh, expecting him to come into toward the end line to cut it right. back, and which he, he didn't. He did. He went back out. Trap wasn't close enough to make a play on it. Trap overshot it. And, yeah, tra- Trap overshot it. And then Coleman was too far away, waited too long to come out to make an attempt on the ball. And then the shot, I mean, it went right past Tyler Miller's head. Like, he probably should have made a better play on that as well. Should have so made it, a head save with that. It, put his all face around, there's, there's put your face go, into that, Tyler. Come on. to go around to everybody on that play. It just yeah. seemed... Like, I don't know, there was just a, from the beginning of the match, from the first 30 minutes of the match, and the last, like, 15, 20 minutes of the match, there just seemed to be a huge letdown in energy from the team overall, and it just seemed like we weren't on. Like, we were just like, oh, we're better than this team, we don't have to play. And we played down to their level, and instead of making them play up to and, ours. And when, and it, when we talk about, us. not just this game, but other, other games... Of this kind of like, okay, we're leading, let's defend this, which in some ways is uh, understandable, but I'm, I'm now thinking of uh, Hernan Losada giving his pep talk to the team after, uh, after they beat Toronto 7-1, and he's like, vamos por mas, right? He's like, always more. Uh, that, that kind of killer mentality of like, oh, we're up 2-1 at Allianz Field, at Cloud City, Let's go out there and fucking put these guys in some carbonite and jettison them out into into the best. <laughs> this the is best spin. I am best, so. Best spin. Yeah, uh, um, huh? yep, yep. yeah. You are you are making some amazing. Yeah. 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 And it, and it, oh and my god! And it's god. great. You guys on so you can't see the boners. Going <laughs> well, it's, it's it's so great because because that carbonite fits perfectly into the enterprise, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the to the to the point about Will Trap. I think that was one of the few uh, lapses that Will Trap had. But I think it coincided with Ozzy coming on, 
And when Ozzy comes on like that, Will Trap Will Trap is the quarterback of the team, right? Like with 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 Bebelo. Like he he is a distributor. He is making sure that uh, Reynoso can get forward. When Ozzy comes on, Ozzy wants to be that. And then we when we ask Ozzy to be the single six that sits in front of the center backs, it's like he has a hard time sitting there, at least with this team, because then what is Will Trap supposed to do? Like, right. is it really like you bring on a Jacory Hayes and you say you two park as dual sixes? Right, and I think that's the thing too. Is is that in all the times that we've had um, Ozzy come in, he he automatically infuses himself into the offense, and the issue with that is that he'll go up into the attacking third. We lose the ball or dispossess or go or goes in. He he can't really make that tracking all the way back no. and support the midfield and defense. I think if you're going to have a situation where you protecting a lead then you want to be able to slow down the transition in the midfield so either you switch to like this is the four five one when you have five midfielders in there yeah. and people will be able to go up and down in which still leaves you at least three people back to be able to to to, to stop to transition or you you really just park the bus right yeah. i mean like you park you, it and you park you, you bring in a third center back you you do you do the whole thing let me ask you a final wrap-up question here uh bebelo we didn't say much about him. He is our star. Um, I mean, if he feel, had an okay game, it feels okay. like teams have figured out how to play him, and that is to just follow the crap out of him. Well, yeah, yeah. And then he focuses on. I haven't seen who is the most fouled. I think he's uh, the most fouled person in the league. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to just say it, and it's true. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, I mean, unfortunately, that's what happens. You would hope. I mean, maybe once we get Lude back, and you have Lude and Fragapani both on the sidelines, be able to work more and take some of that pressure off. Maybe right. You can relieve some of that pressure, that playmaking pressure, off of him. But we'll see. I I also forgot the last point I need to make. We made three subs by the forty fifth minute, uh, because Adrian Heath loves America so much yep. because it's Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. He tried to put in six subs, guys. Because at one point, the fifth sub was, uh, who, who came on? Um, do you remember? I can go to the feed here. Uh, shit, come on. Who the fifth sub was? Mm-hmm. Um, choo, 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 we, choo. we did bring on Johnny Goose. Yeah. So the fifth Young Johnny Goose <laughs> comes up, and Ethan Finley follows him. They were both called up by the coaching staff, and they both start taking off their stuff and putting it on jerseys. And I'm going to the people around me like, Guys, they've made four subs. They just, they're just, and then I see the ref pointing to Ian Fuller and, and showing him, no, you've already made four subs. I think Holy they cow. tried to I make six that. subs. I th- and so must, Ethan Finley had to then put his training stuff on again. They must have forgotten about that they subbed off Boxel. Yeah, or so. Mm. It was amazing. It was just like celebrating America so much that, that Heath is like, what does America love the most? They love substitutions. I'll give them fireworks and substitutions like a and Katie a Perry fucking song. draw. Yeah, that's my that's my Adrian Heath. Yeah, I, I think so too. Is just it. it's just that um, for me, like the beginning of this of this game, um, we've all like I appreciate Gasper's um, Pedrosity. Th- Pedrosity when he goes to, when he tries to get he tries to get involved in the offense. Yeah. But I I think sometimes that that 
which Mark brought this up. If if um, Fragapana stays out wide, he's more he, he's he's more of a target, but he's also at a position where he can really like one v one someone. But Fragapana got dispossessed a lot of times in our in our in our in our half of the field, and I felt that he was pinching in a lot. And I, you know, me me and uh, me and West were discussing. Was it, we were, is it? We were rewatching the highlights before this, before you guys showed up and arguing about it. So to bring it up so I can argue with you. <laughs> no, because is, is, <laughs> is that I don't want him to go up as far as he's going up. Chase. Because then I believe that he is. He, we're not using Frankopana to his to his full potential if he's if he's just pinching in and taking yeah. space away from Reynoso as yeah. well to be able to do that. Because Reynoso, once he gets the ball, he's looking to to go wide, right? He's looking for someone to come and connect the ball. And like we've we've known why why defenses don't don't uh, cover Chase and why sometimes Reynoso might not even pass Chase the ball, right? I mean, it's it's one of those things. Who do you trust? And right now, and and, and the attacking third. You know, Chase is not the top tier. My 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 response to that is simply that I think it's chicken and egg. I think that um, Chase is that Fragapane is going in there not because Chase is coming up, but because Fragapane that's where he wants to move. He's an inside forward. He's going to cut in there and try to make moves there. But do you think? Um, do you think he's? I I think I agree, but I think he's cutting in too far back, too far into the midfield. Like, Could be. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like yeah. he need, if he's going to cut in, he wants to be up up toward the 18 and start cutting in there. Sure, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like he's cutting in too close to where Reynoso's dropping back because Chase is also bombing forward. And then that, that, that's his whole... And I always see that as Chase bombing forward because there's a huge gap in front of him. Right. But. And so like if Fragapani stayed home a little bit more and then cut in, I think it could be interesting. The last thing I want to say about Reynoso is I do think other teams have figured out Reynoso. I think other teams are starting to figure out Fragapane and Unu, but they can't defend all three of them at once, especially when Robin Lude comes back. And I think for once, we now have... I mean, even Nico Hansen to a certain degree. Like, Nico has, has cut in and tried to do that top-of-the-box curler with his left foot, and it hasn't worked. It will at some point, but this will be four players that they, they can't just double-team Reynoso moving forward because they're going to have Fragapane who's dynamic on the on the wing. They're going to have Lud who's a little silkier and a little slower but still understands space. And then you have Unu who is just making really really great runs and has some really chaotic movement. Um Hell yeah, D'Artagnan. I, I think that's going to be interesting to see how teams adapt because they know if they give Reynoso that space, Reynoso's going to get the ball to other players even if it's somebody like Dotson or Grey Goosh. Yeah. Who will then be able to play off them. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Minnesota United are back this week against the Colorado WAP. The Cardi B The Wasky Weapons. The Wapits. Alright. They're gonna take on the wet ass pussies on Wednesday. 
Oh. Wednesday, uh, oh, it's this away game. <laughs> We're going to beat them with a bucket, bucket, uh, bucket in the mop. And then we don't have a game until after with that. until Seattle on the 18th. Seattle yeah, on the 18th, 18th yeah. which At is a, a 1 p.m. afternoon game um, that has a gold cup after it. Uh, U.S. versus Canada after that. Um, right, Canada? Yeah, not here. Uh, yeah. I haven't looked at Gold Cup schedule yet. Anyway, moral of the story is uh, Colorado this week. We we already mentioned we're not sure if Lude, Lude or um, if Metnir will be back. I expect fully that we have the same lineup we saw there, except for Robin Lude on the right. If Metnir is not back, I would assume DJ Taylor gets that start, right? I would imagine. But you start in center back if Boxy's not back. Uh, yet. And Coleman's going to start. The problem is you you now have no backup center back. And you, you got have, have Kibben Gucci. You have Raitala, yeah. Um, you have Callum. Kibben Gucci. You got Callum McGovern. He's, he's yeah. not playing with Canada. You, uh, no, you watched uh, the... Don't, at the Rowdies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I watched... So, Is like, he, I, no, I watched the uh, Loyal and the Sacramento game. Mm-hmm. It was, like, literally Loon. Old Loon versus New Loon. So, like, Callum Montgomery had uh, a set-piece header that was, like, a rocket... Right and like it went and it bounced right back off the post. Kevin Gucci was playing, like Miguel Ibarra, Jack, Jack, Jack Blake, Blake was playing, uh, Colin Martin, Miguel Ibarra. It was just like a, yeah. it's like a loon fest orgy in a sense, right? Oh, oh, oh. all right, you took yeah. it there. Yeah. That's cool. very interesting. Awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, you did start us with the WAP, did I? Yeah. Stephen Lindley uh, on the fifty-five-one pod Slack. Says, I think most agree that Lud should replace Hanson as a starter, but who should be the first winger off the bench? Is it Nico or is it Finley? Um, I mean, given the way that we're that we've been playing since Reynoso came on, I think you bring on Nico. I think it's Ethan Finley is vertical speed on the wing, not cutting in and, and doing 1v1 stuff, which I think tailors more to what we are currently doing. I think based on uh, Adrian Heath's post-match comments, it will definitely be Finley. Because <laughs> as we know, if there is a player, particularly a younger player, who has a chance and then blows it, that younger player does not get another chance for a very yeah, long time. They get thrown in the river with... Uh, with cement tied to their legs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, the nice thing is that they bring very different things. You could also bring Nico in for um, Frank Payne. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Alex at Hovda says, with Boxy and Debassi both getting up there in age, uh, 31 and 33, is that right? Um, how important is it bringing a young starting center back soon? What's your timeline? Because the backups, we have... Kibben Gucci, who's been playing center back, right back for Sacramento. We don't know where he is. Uh, Callum Montgomery. Um, we've got Coleman, who is also 30 years old. Um, so we are, are, And then we've got Yuko Raitala, who is... Uh, he's 60 years old, but he's because he's Finnish, it's a, it's a, it's a Finnish 30. Yeah, the sauna's really helped. Yeah. But no, I think... I hope they have somebody in the queue for this transfer window. Because, I mean, Minnesota has actually been very successful in finding center backs during the summer transfer window. Michael Boxel came in in 2017. DeBossi came in last summer. We've been really good at bringing in high-quality center backs during this window. And hopefully we can do that again. And the nice thing about uh, needing a center back is that when like transfer windows open, it's always uh, attacking players, 
are always signed last and come in last, come in later, and you get the defensive players signed ahead of time. And so I I would hope, especially entering the season, you know, trying to have uh, Ike Opara as part of the roster and not having that work out, that this would be their top priority is finding a replacement for Ike Opara. And that they've been working hard on that, and that they'll have an announcement hopefully in early August, ready to go for that. The um, the secondary transfer window runs from July seventh to August fifth. Um, I guess the the question is if if we've if they've been targeting a starting center back, right? You can bring in a, a rando dude. Um, we have a mixed history of giving, especially at center back, giving those people chances. Um, but you know that you should start looking beyond Michael Boxall. Um, that, like, he's getting to the, to a point where uh, you, you're you're gambling if you're relying on a 33 or 30, I forget his age, um, and a 31 year old, and um, and also Debassi, you know, uh, he's been very good. We think, but we haven't seen him a ton. You know, because he was injured some this year. We saw him last year, and this was not a very good game for him. So um, no, no, but he, but he's been. I, th- I think, generally, he's been net positive. No, I, I would say he's been a positive defense, yeah. d- like defensive signing. I would hope that we would see something with Callum Montgomery sooner rather than later. I don't know if he's at yeah. that level. I do, yeah, again, it's like I don't know. Um, if he's good, I would love to see it. If he's not, and, but and, and it's, and it's, he's say. never he's aside from like a few sporadic minutes, and, he's and never it, he's never been more than a USL center back. I, I will say this: one thing about having Coleman come in for Boxall as a, uh, is that Debassi is not a vocal leader center back. Coleman comes in, and Coleman was arranging the defense when there was a free kick. He's there yelling at people. Um, he, I mean, the thing is, he's practiced because he's on a lot of uh, um, Second uh, right, team. right wing uh, um, chat things, and he's oh, good at yelling it's, at people. It's the it's the, uh, the gab. It's the parlor version parlor. of clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does that a lot, so he's he's good at yelling at people um, and telling them things. So, so having a vocal leader in that back line, Tyler Miller is also. We've talked about like better at being more vocal than. Um, Dane, and so we need that, particularly now where we've got, you know, a right back missing, you know, a younger, youngish left back. Um, we've maybe hit that point a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. Josh E at Easy Haas says, "Are you going to cast replays of Silk Stockings?" I have no idea what this question is, Josh. Um, no, I, I, I don't either. But I think Josh was on a uh, date. The other day uh, during the Danish Czech game, um, and uh, it seemed to be going well. I hope that went well, Josh. Next you, time Josh. you're watching a game, I'll have to ask you what the hell this question is. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you Google silk, silk stockings, everyone, I know it's a TV show, right, or a movie, something. It's a TV show. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Um, at Shovelfoot, who's uh, definitely the narc who lives next to Jackson Yule's slumlord uh, <laughs> rental property, says, did the pandemic pregame hype production videos trample the supporters, come on your loons, chant as the teams come out of the tunnel? Is there any communication with the team about this? I didn't particularly notice that, mostly because I was still getting in, into my... Um, usually, usually there is about 
run of play things like that, um, there's pretty good communication where if the Wonderwall people, if the, everyone was feeling like something like that was happening, then they would go to the team and be like, hey, let's do the timing of this, this, and this. Um, so I didn't notice that, um, uh, Senor Foot, but um, if it was, then, uh, you know, bring it up to Wonderwall people. Um, I mean, you just did it now, so all the Wonderwall people listening. So, <laughs> Mark Slater Slider says, um, given United will be without Boxy due to injury, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, how would they cope with it instead of this is a, this is a question not about um, signing a different player. So if we have what we have, what do we do? Do we just go with Debassi and and Coleman for the for the I, first? For I don't the know. I mean, you can always do Debassi Raitala, right? Because he did play center back that one yeah. one yeah. or two games, so that could work as well too. I mean, you could go three center backs, but then you'd literally have no backup center backs. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think there's there's a tactic shift in terms of formation. I, th- I still think it's a it's a four man back line, and and it's our preferred left and right backs. Um, it's what you do in the midfield. You, you could have somebody like Will Trap be a little bit more stay at home, um, not get forward, but he really excels at that. It could be bringing Jacory Hayes, or you could go four through three and have uh, start Ozzy and just have him sit back and kind of be the fifth defender type guy. right but every time we've asked him to do that he just he doesn't and, so. and and this is the question is it is it better if he starts than if he comes in but i think he, that we haven't seen a good game from him yet this season no we we really haven't but i i would say in terms of if you shifted anything with our center backs i don't think you change the plan that much i think it's this is our this is how we play this is the style of play with our center backs they'll think you keep debasi as that left center back you pair him with Coleman for now, and whether whether it's you put Raitala in at, at right center back, fine, whatever. But I think it's that's one puzzle piece that would shift. Maybe Metnair doesn't bomb quite as far forward. Maybe that's the instruction that you give him, or you tell Chase to stay home a little bit more. Could you ever see Adrian Heath telling Metnair not Absolutely to bomb not. forward? Absolutely yeah, not. Absolutely not. No. Yeah, I mean, you can tell Chase to do that, and he's instructed. So, so that's where we'll that's see. that's why I'm saying like, no, like we're we're not going to make subtle tactical changes like that. It's literally going to be like put that person in. That's the least amount of changes, and keep everything else the same. Just just build an invisible fence at the fifty at the half line, line. So when like Chase decides to box over through it, just. Yeah. Shock therapy. <laughs> give, give Chase it, a shock collar. No, they're um, nipple clamps. Oh, my God. So. Oh God. Man, talking about that. This uh, is, he left him at the loon orgy. Jeez. So, this is um, really sick stockings. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what Josh was, uh, was, was talking about. So um, final question here. We talked about a center back need. Are there any uh, transfer window needs that need to happen this uh, summer, I guess a need that needs to happen is is redundant, but you get my point. Other than center back, yeah. I, mm, no, our 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 fullbacks are the only two. I mean, left back is still a place where I I'm not convinced that right tall is the right uh, depth piece for that. I would want somebody who is more of a mirror of Metnair if you could get that, but could sell a goalkeeper. Well, not until after they're all gone. 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's call it then. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, for joining us for this podcast. We'll see you um, Wednesday. There's uh, Colorado Wapids uh, are playing, and uh, we'll have the game on at the Black Heart of St. Paul. The Other wapids. than that, the, the um, we'll wapids. see you for the Euros, etc. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh, you know, you're sexy, you're beautiful, and everyone loves you.